0: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand.
1: It's the Score North Twin Show. And there's the first strikeout. 95 at the letters, a swing and a miss. There's a high fastball, gets Devers. Two strikes on the outside corner. That's nasty. Changeup, got it. What's his best pitch tonight? He's got
2: three of them really working well.
1: Fastball. Wow. 95
0: down and away on the black. Eight wonderful innings for Barrios.
3: Those were some highlights from Jose Barrios last night. Just a few of the many strikeouts he had in the uh, the Minnesota Twins loss to the Boston Red Sox in the series opener at Target Field. I'm Danny Cunningham on the Score North Twin show. Excuse me. Alongside Derek Wetmore, Manny Hill with us as well. Twins fell last night in the first game of that series. They've now lost two in a row. Haven't lost three straight all year. That could change tonight. Probably won't the way that this team responds. But I do wonder... How much this series against Boston means? Because after last night's loss, they're 13 and 13 against teams that are at or above 500. A couple of those games, six of those games are against Cleveland, who's a team that's right around 500 and, and probably a little bit of a pretender considering the division that they play in and how many of their wins are against AL Central teams. But I'm curious how much a series like this matters. How much beating a good team or not looking up to par against a good team really does matter in the big scheme of things because I'm not of the opinion that it's a big deal. I don't think that who you beat in the regular season from April until the end of September matters. I think all wins are created equal. Once you get to the playoffs, anything can happen. And beating the Red Sox on June 17th, 18th, and 19th doesn't need to happen to validate that this team's actually good for me.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't look at it and say, I need to see them beat great teams to think they're a great team. I think this is a great team. I think the Minnesota Twins in 2019 are a great team. Nothing that happens in this Boston series could really influence my thinking there, but I do think that there is a certain element of whether it's like fan tranquility or even within the clubhouse. If there's five people that believe. Inside that clubhouse, that we got to beat the big boys if we want to be the best, then I do think it matters to that extent. But one thing I know from being around this Twins team a little bit, I mean, Nelson Cruz doesn't think like that. You know, Jonathan Scope doesn't think like that. So that's something that's not going to infect a clubhouse necessarily.
3: Well, also, I, I do think that to an extent they realize they are the Minnesota Twins. Until they actually win the division. They are the challenger of this division. Sure, They're a team that's not thought of as a powerhouse in the American League. I don't care how many times they beat the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Astros or Cleveland in the regular season. Until they do it in the playoffs, no one's going to think of them as the best. That's something that's earned in October. It's not earned in June. It's not earned in July. It's not earned in August. So that's why these games don't necessarily feel like a big deal to me. It's one of 162, in my opinion.
0: Sure, I, I get that. And I'm a I'm a one-series-at-a-time kind of guy. But for that reason, I do think it matters. I, I think you circle some of the big series. I think you circled Houston. I think you always circle Cleveland, Boston, New York, Tampa. And I think you say, all right, this is a bit of a measuring stick for us. Um, I remember, actually, after they finished their series with the Astros, and I was going around the clubhouse just sort of asking You know, I just, hey, anonymous poll. Like, I'm not going to use this as a quote or anything. I just want to get a feel for the room here. Does this feel like a measuring stick? Or is this, is it too early in the season? We're six, seven weeks into the season, I think. Is it just too early to be talking about that stuff? And basically, to a man, if they're holdovers, if they're new here, it didn't matter. They basically said, what do you mean, is it too early? We're playing games that count. I mean, this, is a, it is, <laughs> this you, is a measuring stick. It is. This is a measuring stick. You could say stick. it's a measuring stick. You could
3: have said opening weekend against Cleveland. You could have sure. called that a measuring stick. Yeah. And I'll listen to the games against Cleveland because you'll play them, what, 18 or 19 times. And they count, yeah. And, and those ones directly count towards if you're going to win the division or not. I'll yeah. listen to those ones sure. actually being more meaningful. But in terms of a game against the Red Sox or the Rays or the Rangers, I just, I
1: don't see that as that big of a deal. Yeah, Manny. Well, My whole thing, too, is, I mean, we still have half of the season left to go. More than half of the season left to go. Who's this? How do we know what the Red Sox, I mean, the Red Sox look good right now. They've played better of late. We know that they are the defending champions, and we know that they have talent and that they're good enough to maybe go on a run and win a championship again. But what happens if in the middle of July they have a six or seven-game losing streak, and then that ends up costing them a potential wild card spot or, or a chance at the division or, you know, depending on where they are at in the standings and they end up only winning 82, 83 games during the season. That's I mean, I mean, so then are we looking back at this particular series in the middle of June mm-hmm. and looking at it the same way? Yeah. I mean, it, there's so many games to, to, to that need to be played and, and so many things that need to be determined that I, I, I mean, and, I, and I've already seen enough from the twins against good teams to believe that they can hang with the big boys. They they took sure. three out of four from the Houston Astros here. Yeah. They can hang with the Houston Astros. Now, what they do in the next couple of weeks in terms of making a trade for another reliever, maybe another starter, could be the tipping point of them maybe actually beating the Astros in a five-game LDS series or in, in an ALCS. But I already know from what I've seen so far against teams against with winning records that this that this team can play with those teams.
3: And I like you bringing up looking back in September if Boston goes in the tank or if Cleveland finishes below 500 and bringing up, oh, well, did those games really matter as much? Because I think we can look back when this team is in the ALDS or if they happen to win three of the five games in that series and they're in the ALCS, no one's going to look back and say, yeah, but you know what? They dropped two out of three to Boston yeah, in June. Like that's that not going stick, to matter. Right? That me- <laughs> they really came up short to that measuring stick, uh, but now yeah. they're in the ALCS. So does it really count? <laughs> like that's not how it works. Right. So I, I hate the whole measuring
0: stick aspect of it sure, because for sure. it
3: is just one out of one sixty two. It's, me ask it's you a though. game you have to win.
0: Right. Let me ask you, like, does it change? I don't care so much about the record because of the exact point you guys just brought up. That... We don't know what this team is. It's kind of, it's who you play and it's when you play them. If you could play the Yankees all in April when they had 10 guys on the injured list, that's a different story than if you play them in September when they're the juggernauts. No, it's not because the Yankees are cursed and the Twins can't beat them anyway. So no, that's a terrible (laughs) example. Come up with
3: another one. That's that's an awful example. They lose to the Yankees if Manny and myself and Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgat are playing. They lose to the Yankees. If we've got (laughs) pinstripes on, the
0: Twins can't beat us. The Score North Bronx Bombers? Yes, exactly. (laughs) I think that there is a certain element to, forget the teams, forget the jerseys, forget the names on the back. What I think there's a certain element is to playoff-type atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And it sounds so weird to say it's June 18th in Minnesota, so it's not something that we're always thinking about at this time of year. we got a full summer of baseball ahead of us, and I'm looking forward to it. It's fascinating to me, though. There already have been a couple of games that almost felt like postseason Electricity postseason vibe. I think yesterday was one of them. I would disagree.
3: I don't think yesterday felt like a, a really? postseason game. From being in that stadium, it felt like another night in June, and, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. I guess I, I'm I think, talking about the
0: buildup and all of that stuff. It's the Red Sox coming to town. I don't think it was that big of a deal. Really? Okay. And I, I
3: typically when I go to games, I don't tend to go in the clubhouse too often. I'm not a a, a reporter actively covering this team. That's really not my place. Sure. I don't, I don't talk to these guys. I don't have relationships with these guys. That's not my place. That's not what I'm there to do. I'm there to watch this team and form my own opinions on them. But even last night, there were under 30,000 people in the stands. It didn't feel like an incredibly electric night. It was a great game. I mean, it was awesome to watch Barrios yeah. deal, Porcello deal. It was awesome. If you're a baseball fan, last night was a game to watch. Nothing More so better. an old school baseball fan. Last love night it. was great to watch. And then we can get into the argument about the bunt as well.
0: I'm raising my um, hand over here. <laughs> I love that kind but of
3: game. Last night didn't have a playoff feel to it. Sure. Maybe maybe down the stretch once it got into the, uh, the seventh eighth inning, and maybe once they decided to bunt, maybe that's something that's more apt to happen in a playoff game than another game in June, sure. but in terms of just the atmosphere, it's not like last night was impressive in terms of the fan environment, I was more impressed with Sunday's crowd against the, yep, yep. the 100-loss Royals no, than and, I was
0: last night. And I mean the game itself, it felt like a postseason league, like, that's the type of duel that you see in October, the Porcellos at his best, Barrios reached his another level, you know, he did he hasn't been that guy every single time out, sure. which, whatever, that's every it, pitcher it's in baseball. Not, it's not necessarily
3: fair to expect that exactly. guy to come out every fifth yeah, day. You want to get as mm-hmm. close as you can, but even Clayton Kershaw in his prime wasn't yeah. that every fifth day. I mean,
0: day. Barrios was brilliant yesterday, and so that was yeah. fun to watch. And I guess another example that popped into my head about postseason Um atmosphere or vibe or whatever you want to call it. It didn't have very much to do with the crowd or the game or whatever, any of that stuff. It was the it was like the late game matchup, so I guess I just misspoke. It did have to do with the game, not the crowd. Yeah. It's like, okay, Jeremy jeffress comes in in a one-run game and the Twins are trying to do some damage. That that's the kind of thing you're going to have to overcome in October. It's not get to the soft underbelly of the Seattle Mariners' bullpens and, and bomb us away, that's not what October is going to be like. So I do look at it, like we're talking in circles about this a little bit, but teams like Boston, Milwaukee's a great team, Tampa, the Yankees, Astros. I'm looking at those and I'm saying, what are the game situations that the Twins, especially their younger players, can be learning from and gaining experience? And I would bet you anything that Jorge Polanco uh, learned a lesson last night, or or at least is now thoughtful about, okay, what what are the protocols there? What should I be thinking about? I think, for the record, boys, I think you can defend the fact that he bunted there. Let's get into that. That's where I wanted to go next. Okay. Because
3: I don't necessarily disagree with him bunting there. I'm with you. I think that it's a very defendable action. It's one I don't even... i. I I'm not very pro-bunt in a lot of situations. But on a night where you can't get much going offensively, they struggled throughout the night. I realize it was the bullpen and not Rick Porcello anymore. But on a night where you just didn't have it offensively, this has been a team that's been awesome all year with with the bat in their hands. But last night wasn't one of those nights. And you're going to have plenty of nights like that the rest of the season. You're not going to hit four home runs a game every single night until September. That's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. But I do think that being down one and I... I wish the lineup would have been at a different spot as opposed to your two-hitter and then coming up three, four, five. But I do think that there are far worse scenarios than having Nelson Cruz at the plate with a tying run on third and one out. There yeah. are far worse scenarios to be in. Totally. Do I love taking the bat out of Polanco's hands? No, I don't. And it sounded like that wasn't even a call from the dugout. It sounded like that was Polanco doing it on his own. Do I love that? No. Do I wish he would have hit because he's a really good hitter? Yeah, I think that probably could have turned out better for the twins than that inning did. But I also think that we look back upon what happened with Nelson Cruz at the plate and that, that, uh, that jades are the way we look at the bunt a little bit. It changes the perception of how that play went out because, Oh, well, he got these guys in a scoring position, yep. but then Nelson Cruz hit a five foot dribbler. Yeah. Like, if Nelson Cruz hits a single and they're up 2-1, everyone's like, oh, the bunt worked out. It was great. Yeah, it was yeah, a great play, great move by Polanco, yeah. awesome call by Baldelli if he's the one that put it on. Great job. Twins win. But instead, <laughs> because that's not what happened, we sure. look back and go, oh, that was a terrible idea. Why would you take the bat out of his
0: hand?" Totally. Yeah, I think that it was a really, really unpopular thing, especially if you follow the Twins on Twitter.com. And... It's not just Twitter in this case. Sometimes I do gripe about that a little bit, but in this case, I think it was a pretty popular sentiment. You're watching the game. It's cruising along. It's been a great pitcher's duel, fun baseball game to this point. Looks like the twins offense, the bomba squad, as they're calling themselves. It looks like they're about to mount a rally against the defending champs. All kinds of fun. I think people were just leaning in at that point. Yeah. Then Polanco drops down a bunt and, and, and it, you don't have to be sort of negatively inclined to think, uh, I'm not sure about that one. I uh isn't he leading the AL and hitting? I I think there's a certain amount of of angst that's contained within Twitter, and in this case it spreads beyond that. So that's why we're talking about this. That bunt it was the bunt heard round Bomba Soda, and I think there are enough people mad about it that it's worth addressing. I don't actually agree with it. I think I would have rather seen Polanco swing away, but I don't think it's this travesty, uh, you know, uh Curse to the math that people are painting it out to be. I think Polanco actually set up things kind of okay there for Nelson Cruz, and we'd be looking at it a little bit differently if then Max Kepler didn't turn around and run toward second base yeah, on, that, the, on the dribbler. Too. Jonathan Scope didn't get caught in a pickle there. There's... There are a number of things that happen afterwards that I think makes us more mad about the bunt. But the bunt itself is actually something you could have a pro and con argument for.
3: The thing I think that I disagree with here is that this isn't a team that plays like that. They're not a team that's played small ball. That was only the fifth sacrifice bunt that they've had all year. And the f- of the four before last night, two of them were done by pitchers in interleague play, and sure. I think that that's probably Throw the that scenario out. we can all agree is yeah. the most acceptable I'll time for that. someone to bunt is yes. when a pitcher like like Kyle Gibson's at the plate, who has no idea what he's doing with a bat in his hands, drops one down. That's fine. And then the other two are from Byron Buxton, who at times I think you can make the case he's got as good of chances chance as any to actually reach base when trying to lay down a Block sacrifice a bunt. Yeah. So last night, you could really make the argument that last night was the first time this season that a player with a legitimate chance to do damage with the stick laid down a laid down a bunt in that kind of situation.
1: I absolutely hated the bunt last night. Okay. But I don't think, I don't think that Jorge Polanco should be dragged through the mud for it because I don't think it cost them the game. I think what happened next after the bunt that is, was what, is what potentially cost them the game. And so I I don't I don't like the fact of I don't like having the you know and again Jorge probably did this on his own but I don't like the idea of the American League's leading hitter just squaring down to bunt to try and move runners over but I don't think it cost them the game. I think it put them it put them in a position to win at at the very least. I didn't agree with the decision to bunt but I think it put them in a position to at least make something happen right. offensively but- and And then Max Kepler just dropped the ball on the next plate. That's bad base
0: running. You can't have that. But do, do you... I think there's something to be said for what Danny pointed to earlier, that with Nelson Cruz at the plate, to have the... Let's see, it was, it would have been their first run on third base, but the tying run on second base, right? If no, it, it was a
3: one nothing game at that point because the, the Red Sox scored their, that's right, that's right. Scored it wasn't their second old. run in the top of the ninth. It was the go ahead
1: run? Was that after, after, after the, the twins fight. went to yep. their bullpen? Yep, yeah. Yep, so yep. it
3: was the tying run on third with one out and Nelson Cruz at the plate. I like that situation
0: if I'm the twins and the go ahead run sitting there out at second. I think that's probably part of what Polanco is thinking too. And not to tr- pretend like I'm inside of his head or anything like that, but I think he's up there looking in the on deck circle and saying, that's Nelson Cruz. And after that, that's Eddie Rosario. Like, I appreciate that he has the confidence in himself, but that is, that can only take you so far. He also has confidence in his teammates to say, oh, this is kind of sweet. If I can set up this situation for these guys. I remember years and years ago, do you remember this, Manny, where Joe Maurer laid down a bunt to set up like Jason Kubel for the game-tying RBI or something? And Mm -hmm. people went ballistic, and understandably so. That's Joe Maurer. I think there's a little bit of a difference when you have someone who you could argue is just as good of a hitter right behind him, especially with the pop that Cruz has provided this year, that Cruz and Rosario get the job done there a decent number of times. And what Polanco's doing is trading, you know, run expectancy, total runs for the percent chance that that tying run scores. I think that's a valuable trade off in some cases.
1: The only thing I'll say to that though, is because Nelson Cruz is hitting next, that's why I'm not as worried about if, if Polanco gets out Now the only thing that could probably negate this is if if he, yeah, if he grounds into a double play and then, you know, that, that puts a damper on things, but Because I know Nelson Cruz is coming up next, if Polanco strikes out or if he flies out or something like that,
0: I'll I'll
1: still take my chances. Even if it's (laughs) runners that's first and second with one out, I'll take my chances with Nelson Cruz because he's probably going to hit the ball over the fence. Well, and
3: that's what you brought him in to do. You brought him in to not just hit the ball over the fence, but you brought him in to drive in runs. And when there are guys in second and third, in that late game situation, Nelson Cruz was paid by this team handsomely this offseason to deliver in the exact situation that was last night. And he didn't last night. That's fine it's going to happen you're not going to be successful all the time in this game it's a cruel game where you fail 70% of the time and you're
0: really good yeah i love what this sets up though boys and and danny as is this your first time on the score north twin show It's for sure the first time we've done a score north twin uh, show i know it's my second time second on the score time. north twin show well welcome to the uh, score north first place twin show we're going to play a little role playing here before the break i want you to be Rocco Baldelli mm-hmm. after this and put yourself in the mindset of the twins rookie manager He is constantly empowering people around him. He will run 50 miles in the other direction. If you ask him to criticize one of his players, he will instead kind of criticize the question and say, you know, and, and I'm struggling for words here, so I don't want to put too many in your mouth, but if you're Rocco Baldelli and your goal is to, to, to make sure Polanco still feels confident in that next time up, but also have like an instructive baseball conversation and, what were you thinking there? Whatever, you sit down with Jorge Polanco after that game, after you've talked to the media and they've all gone home to write their stories. What do you say to the Twins shortstop?
3: I tell him you've got a swing there. You are the number two hitter and one of the best hitters in the American League for a reason. I don't. We're not paying you to lay down bunts. We are paying you to hit hit doubles, hit home runs, get on base other ways. I trust you to do some to do more damage than give yourself up as an out. Then. Than what you did. You you are better than just someone that's going to go up there and sacrifice himself. And he
0: says, but Rocco, I'm trying to set somebody else up in another good position, and I know it's a good hitter behind me. What's wrong with that? You were set up in a good position. You're you
3: Yourself, <laughs> you were in a good position. You didn't need to set anyone else up because it was set up for you. And even if you fail, it's still set up for someone else. And if they fail, it's probably still
1: set up for the guy behind them. So swing away. Love it. The that's, other part of this, too, is it's not like Polanco's been in a slump. No, it's not like his bat is cooled off. I mean, he's <laughs> He's been all right. Yeah, he's been reaching base. What's what's there's a there's a streak he has going now, right? It's like he had an over like a few games ago, sure. but but like I think he's reached base in like like 15 that right? games in a row or something yeah. like that. Okay. Yeah, so he's he's been getting on base. It's yep. not like his bat has cooled off or anything like that. I don't
0: know that. if this is still the case, but 10 days ago when we were doing the show, it was Jorge Polanco leads AL shortstops. Well, of course he leads in all-star voting, but he also led in batting average, on-base percentage, and slugging percentage. He was doing okay. in terms of his competition. He's
3: he's been really awesome this year. There's no question about that. And I I think that last night could have been another opportunity for him to cement himself as one of the American League's best shortstops alongside guys like Carlos Correa, who's hurt right now, and and Francisco Lindor in Cleveland. I think that last night could have been an opportunity where you drive in. I mean, maybe he hits a double and both guys score. Maybe it's a single up the middle. Maybe he flies out, and and it doesn't matter. But I think that last night was a little bit of a
0: wasted opportunity on his end. Yeah, I love the the tough love aspect, too, of like, hey, you know what? We support you. You need to do better there. And, and it's something, It it is tough love. You're
3: right. It's something that they can learn from. It's something that if he comes up in this situation again, I
0: bet Jorge Polanco is yeah. not bunting. And, 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 and honestly, I bet Max Kepler's just taking third base. The play yeah, after also that. that too. That too. That was <laughs> uh, although that
3: really didn't cost them anything. It was just weird. Beca- it, it was weird, and yeah. it was the wrong play. But the next Rosario just right, rounded right, out to right. first. It's not like he cost them a run or anything. Sure. It, it didn't change the outcome of the game. Yeah, but it, it was
0: it was definitely a questionable call. They can afford some learning opportunities along the way boys because i just checked the standings and the 47 and 24 twins can absorb the loss they got a big lead on cleveland for the division three teams duking it out for the wild card basically right now but minnesota is one of the teams that has already basically punched its postseason ticket so i'm cool with learning opportunities in june just don't let those resurface in october because that's when the games count and that's exactly why i said that these series don't matter more than (laughs) any
3: other one you're listening to the score north twin show
0: to protect yours and a baseball and everything you need to know about how baseball works and it might get a little crazy but let's get straight to it whoever scores the most runs wins it's the score north twin show Minnesota twins. twins coverage on score north and ScoreNorth.com. over
1: the outfield golf off the wall benintendi digging for second throw From Marwin Gonzalez. He played that perfectly off the wall. I was going to say he did and I think Ben Attendee ran down the first baseline like he thought it might be out. He didn't bust it out of the box and then when, it, when he saw that it was going to hit off the wall, he kind of kicked it into gear and by that time, Marwin is already in a great position to make a perfect throw.
3: Score North Twin Show, Danny Cunningham, Derek Wetmore, and Manny Hill with you taking you up until one o'clock before Score North live. That was a hell of a throw by Marwin Gonzalez last night. That
0: was great. <laughs> Take it.
3: And and the reason that it worked out is because Ben Intendi absolutely thought that ball was gone off the bat. Like he watched it. He was jogging down the first baseline and then was a oh no moment as soon as the ball hit off high off the top of the right field wall. You want to be there. But I mean Marwin played that ball beautifully off, off the wall there. It was it was awesome to see. He that was a been... great throw.
0: A surprise to me. I knew he was a good player. I knew he could play around, kind of do everything. For the Astros, he filled in at short. When Correa was hurt, he filled in at second. when Tuve was hurt and, of course, corner outfield. Boy, I didn't think he would be this impactful of a ball player moving around everywhere, and then if you just stick him in one spot for a week, he's like, oh yeah, he's really, really good there. It's a challenge to do everything.
3: He's Mm -hmm. one of my favorite offseason additions that this team made, And, and he was probably, I don't know if I think he's been the best that he's made. I think CJ Krohn, has been awesome. Obviously, I think Nelson Cruz has meant a lot to that lineup and that clubhouse as well. But I liked the Marwin signing from day one. I think that he he's someone that I've always liked in Houston. He's That's a good, really man. good ball player. Yeah. I, I think he plays a good third base. I think he plays a good corner outfield. I think he can do anything that you want. You can have his bat in the lineup every day. He, he has been awesome. But I, I'm also curious, more specifically, how he fits into this team in, in the playoffs and where this team does need to upgrade. Because the trade deadline is 43 days and two and a half hours away from right now. We're getting close. <laughs> but, but, but who's counting? <laughs> I am. I looked it up on Google. <laughs> 43 days, nice. two and a half hours from right now. So I do think that this team, aside from the pitching, could stand to make an upgrade at one or two spots. I think that the pitching is one that everyone has realized, whether it's in the bullpen, in the starting rotation, both. I think that those are things that need to be taken care of. But I also think that positionally in the lineup, that there's a spot where they should look to upgrade. I'm not sure that they will, but I think that third base is a need for this team. Hmm. I don't think Miguel Sano is a very good baseball player. I know this is a recycled take from Matthew Collar, and I promise I'm not stealing it from him, but it's one that I agree with him on. Strikes out far too often. He's a negative defensively. He's just. I don't think that he's part of a winning recipe for this team. I think that they could, if there's a team that wants to buy on him, Even if you might not be selling as high as you possibly could be, I think moving him for something that can help you now and maybe something that can help you later would be a great
0: idea for the Twins. I'm out on that idea because I think to the point of trading Major League players right now, I, I think I'm batting down the hatches. I am team load up your Major League roster for 2019 wins and I think Sano adds to that. I think he's contributory.
3: I don't think he adds to that. I think he strikes out far too often. Yeah, he's going to hit the occasional home run, and when he does hit it, it's going to go really far. But he's a good hitter. Overall. Yeah, he he's I'm not impressed with him. I, I don't really? think he's a good hitter overall. No, he, he strikes out almost forty percent of his plate appearances. Yeah, That's with a three
0: forty on base and tons of power. That's
3: not I don't there's, think there's he's, something there. And yeah, he hits home runs really far. But guess what? The home runs that he hit really far count just as much as the ones that barely get over the fence. Like sure. You can hit a ball 450 feet. But he feet hits a lot of them No, point. he doesn't. He's hit seven. That's, That's not a lot of home runs. He's one of the premier power hitters in the American League, Stop in my opinion. It. He Stop strikes
0: it. out too much, but in terms of power, he's not
3: a premier power
0: hitter. On in a the American per plate League. appearance
3: basis, he is not a premier power hitter in the American League. I'm pulling Stop up. Th- that. I'm pulling up the uh, leaderboards right now. Stop that! And he can't play defensively. He's a negative for you in the field. He's terrible at third base. I actually like him a little bit at third base. He's got no mobility. He can't. He's move. not mobile. He yeah. can't move. He, That's he fair. made How many errors did he make this season or this past series or this past weekend? Yeah, it was me. a tough weekend. He Hold had on. a Terrible weekend third base at third base. I don't think he can play defense at a major league level. I, just, I don't think that he's worth your time anymore. Hmm. I think that if you can convince somebody that he will be good. And maybe just right now is not the time, but I wouldn't bet on him as a building block for the future of this team. I think that this organization has a lot of really good pieces, but I think upgrading at third base is one that could help them this year and in the future. I just don't think Miguel Sano is all that good.
0: So I'll circle back on Sano here, but are you are you just moving Marwin to third base then for the playoffs, basically? And Sano's it, it, it depends what off you get, bench. but I
3: mean I I yes, if they don't make a move there, I would rather have Marwin in the lineup every day. And I think Sano does have value to you. As a pinch hitter, I, I really do. I think that that's probably his best spot for you in the playoffs because you can't catch lightning in a bottle. Like you said, he does have power. I'm not debating that. He's, sure, he's not a premier power hitter, but he's got power. He can hit the ball out of the ballpark. So
0: I've got. And a if leader. you get
3: one shot at it, it, it could happen.
0: I've got a leaderboard for you, and it is American League slugging percentage leader. So like, I don't know if we can find a more direct way to say who has power. Number one is obviously future World Series hero Mitch Garver. Number two also might not surprise you, Joey Gallo. So is this
3: uh, slugging percentage official league leaders though? Because does Garver qualify after missing three weeks? Nope. No, it can't be because Sano missed so correct. much time.
0: I took American League and then I just dropped it down to seventy to see, you know, how would Sano fit in amongst his seventy peers. appearances, plate appearances? Okay. Yep, yep, yep. So you've been up enough that you're not just like like Luis Ariz had a nice little cup of coffee with the Twins, but I. I don't need him on a leaderboard here to mm-hmm. talk about this. So I, I would agree. With you. We'll start with you. Yeah, we'll start with Mitch Garver, obviously number one. Um, I say obviously, but I guess it still hasn't even sunk in for me. Like that's kind of we're just numb to how good Mitch Garver is. Number one's Mitch Garver. Two, Joey Gallo. Three, George Springer. Four, Mike Trout. Five, Tom Murphy with the Mariners. Some power in a limited run. Then Hunter Pence. If Gary Tom Sanchez, Murphy is on the list, I don't think that list is value. Well, is valid. I'm let sorry. me finish the top 10. George Springer, Mike Trout, Tom Murphy, Hunter Pence, Gary Sanchez, Hunter Dozier, Miguel Sano, Nelson Cruz, Austin Meadow. That's your top 11 in terms of American League slugging percentage. I'm not saying he's a perfect finished product, but in terms of power, there aren't very many guys that are better than Miguel Sano.
3: I just, I don't think he's good. I, I really don't. I'm sorry. I don't, it's inarguable. I don't, he's good. No, he strikes out almost 40% of the time. How can you? And he can't play defense. So he's going to connect with the ball once or twice in a while, and yeah, he's hit seven home runs and 95 plate appearances, which is okay, but the rest of the
0: time, it's terrible. He's a plus offensive player, and I think he's borderline average in he's the field. He's nowhere near borderline average. I think he's, he can make he's, some plays that guys just can't make in the no, big leagues. No, he can't. Yes, he can. What, what Danny, plays defensively can he make? There are two third basemen that I can think of off the top of my head that can make the play backhand to the foul line, plant and fire a missile. When he is standing on the line to start Nolan the play Arenado, because,
3: because he can't get to the ball elsewhere. Manny Machado and
0: Miguel Sano. Miguel Sano is not a good defensive third baseman. He doesn't have the range that those guys have by any means and he needs to improve there. And that's why it's
3: impressive when those guys do it because they don't start on the line to make that play. Ah, Of course Miguel Sano can make that play if he starts on the line because he's there when the ball's there. It's going to be hit harder and he's going to be able to get it quick and that's why he can make the play. No. Miguel Sano
0: can do things that other humans can't do. He's not perfect. He's not a finished product. He can do things other
3: humans can't do. Of course the guy's a Major League Baseball player. I can dunk. I can do things other humans can't do. I'm not Going to go play for the Wolves.
0: <laughs> you had a shot last year, I think, as they were handing out ten days towards the end. If there would have been a time, it would have been that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I look, I get it. The Sano's a lightning rod. It makes a ton of sense. I know you hate him. I know Matthew Collar hates him, and that's fine. It's not
3: even hating him. I just don't think he's that good. Here's I don't know him as a person. He could be a great guy. I could be best friends with him. It doesn't make make him good at baseball.
0: Here is the thing that changes this year versus maybe two years ago, where we were really counting on Sano. In these parts, we thought if this guy isn't a superstar. This team's got no shot. It's that he doesn't need to be a star anymore. He's hitting seventh. He's hitting eighth. Byron Buxton's hitting ninth when he's healthy. There is just so much depth to this lineup that you can say, okay, we've got star caliber defensive outfielders at every spot. Mm-hmm. We've got the starting shortstop in the American League, Jorge Polanco for for the AL All Star Game, sure. obviously. Jonathan Scopes having a year. CJ Crohn's having a year. They've got two and a half catchers having a year when Williams Estadio is not in Rochester. I don't know what I would say he's having a year. <laughs> I was just trying to sneak that one. Yeah, in.
3: he's uh, he's someone else that everyone loves, but I'm just not impressed he's, with. He's okay. I mean, but. There, like, there's a reason he's in AAA, and that's, that's a right. good reason. There's
0: Mitch Garver is a star. Jason Castro is playing like a star. This is a very good situation for the Twins where they don't need to rely on Miguel Sano to be a three hitter. Sure. At which point, if you're an eight hitter and you're striking out in 36%, of your plate appearances still not good. I want power. At still least give me power, and he's giving you that at a premium. I, I don't level. want someone that
3: strikes out that often in my lineup. I, I just I think that they could better allocate those at bats. And when the playoffs do come around, I think that Marwin Gonzalez is going to going to be a guy that should be getting those at bats. I I don't know his strikeout rate. It's it's probably a little bit lower than thirty six percent, but he also yeah. brings more defensively. And if something goes wrong, he's someone that you could plug in a bunch of places. And Sano, to his credit, I think would be a very good bat off the bench.
0: This is a really fascinating conversation because even as a guy who backs Sano for this kind of stuff, there is the argument to be made that that he's going to be a tough fit in the postseason. It's mm-hmm. just it's just going to be tough because you're going to want to play Marwin in the lineup. You have to. You I want think to play Nelson to. Cruz. There's so, no
3: question. You're paying Nelson Cruz far too much to have him on the bench. AL, with, NL, in, Unless it is World Series and you don't have the DH and then I can understand it.
0: AL, NL, It's tough. Let me change the scope of the conversation here because we're talking about Miguel Sano and is he good enough for all of this kind of stuff? We need to stop thinking about him like some facsimile of Nolan Arenado, or he's not going to be this premier all-around stud third baseman who can also hit bombas. He's Joey Gallo. I'm not even thinking about
3: him as a stud third baseman because he's not. He's That's what I'm not saying. He's Joey Gallo.
0: Baseman. He's Joey Gallo. But if Joey you can...
3: Gallo doesn't play at a position like third base where, where you are... Joey Gallo's played a lot of center field this year.
0: He's going to be one of the MVP finalists in the American League. And I look at Miguel Sano in terms of his offensive profile and say he's just really, really similar. 35-plus percent strikeouts, all kinds of power to make up for it. Like I'm, I'm taking that trade How many because I does don't Joey need Gallo him. Have? Joey Gallo has 17 bombas 17. in
1: 214 plate appearances. He's got an on-base of 421. He's slugging 653 OPS of 1,074. This, this is Gallo? This is Gallo. So, yes. And that's so how Manny much?
0: off the top of his head, by the way. We should point that out no, to the I'm, audience. I'm, I'm looking up his. I'm looking <laughs> up so up his OBP so <laughs>
1: is
3: way above Miguel Sano's? Yeah, it's higher. For way, sure. way higher? I mean, not way, way higher. Like, well, Gallo is a superstar. Meant I only met. He's not a superstar. Stop. Gallo? He's not a superstar. He's a star. Then what's like? What's a star? Then he's he may he's like borderline star. He's certainly not a superstar. Boy, I think he's one of like the 15 it, best it, players in the American you League. Asked, if you asked a random person on the street if they knew who Joey Gallo was in Their Minneapolis, fault. they probably don't. Their fault. That's
1: not, not, his. not a superstar. Their fault. Not his. I think I think Miguel Sano. I'm not completely out on Miguel Sano, but I am out on him as a long term third baseman for this club. Okay. Yeah. I think eventually he is. To me, I think when Miguel Sano is 28, 29, 30 years old, when you would hope that he's in his prime, he's a first baseman or a DH.
0: So what do you do with him this year? You got to keep playing him, right? I mean, because the way this team is constructed, you got Nelson Cruz at DH, you got C.J. Crone hitting bombas at first base and playing pretty good with the glove, by the way. So you got two guys that are sort of inflexible there in my mind. I like what they're doing with Sano right now.
3: Probably not playing him every day. I I wouldn't be playing him every day. I think I would, I would like to see, I'd play him four times a week. I'd like to see more Marwin at third a little bit than we have, because I do think that that is the recipe for playoff success. Sure. All right, let's go to the phones. David in Minneapolis. What's up?
2: Yeah, I was just going to say, I went to the game last night and then I was at the game um, last Tuesday. And I think that when I was watching snow, like the the game where Buxton tied it up and then Garver mistagged. Um, So like, Points his defensive liability. He he botched the ball, and then he tried to make a play that he had no chance of making, and he ended up throwing it away. Um, I don't understand. Like in previous years, I get it. He has he has popped his bat. You know, it's like you need a guy like that. But this year, there's so many guys that fill that rule. If he's a defensive liability, I don't see the upside of him
0: starting every day.
3: Thanks for the call, David. And that's a good point. When you do have a lineup that let's I think we can all agree here, all three of us can agree that this lineup's absolutely loaded. They hit some bombos, yes. They hit home runs, they score at an absurd rate. I don't know that you have that need for someone that that is going to strike out as often as him because even if you've got someone that's more consistent in the 8-hole, it's going to benefit you because you've got so many other threats in this lineup. You don't need Miguel Sanoa as a threat, and you brought up that he's not a 3-hitter anymore. He's not a 4-hitter anymore. He's not being counted on as as those things. And you're right. I think that having someone else in that spot that could supplement the lineup better would be a better idea for this Twins team. I really do.
0: Yeah, it's just an imperfect fit right now, and I think that there's a difference between Marwin Gonzalez, who's here for two years, and he's going to help you get to two World Series. We'll see what happens when you get there, and then Miguel Sano is the kind of guy that you got to figure out: is he a cornerstone or not? I get that you guys are out on him as a cornerstone. I'm, I'm not even like I don't mad see, I about don't, that. I don't see how you could still be in on him as a cornerstone. No, I. I Well, because it's, he can hit for pop that most people can't. Like, he has, he has these abilities on a baseball field that so few major leaguers have. You put him in an all star game and he'd stand out. But there are shortcomings to his game that if you're a Twins fan or even a member of the Twins, has to be super maddening. I think this is a year where you have the luxury to figure out what does this guy bring to you? And he's too good to give up on. I, I I just I don't see him being too good to give up on at this point.
3: If you want to jump in, 651-646-8255, Score North Twin Show, Danny Cunningham, Derek Wetnor, Wetmore, Excuse me, Al and Tom, we'll get to you next. You're listening to the Score North Twin Show.
0: Hey, Minnesota sports. Found some banter. Twins. 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 The
1: Score North Twin Show on Score North at scorenorth.com. The ESPY Sweepstakes is your chance to win a trip to the ESPYs and play in the new Apex Legends Pro-Am event. Go to ebay.com slash ESPN to to donate to the V Foundation for a chance to win. Rules at ebay.com slash ESPN.
3: Score North Twin Show here on Score North, Danny Cunningham and Derek Wetmore, Manny Hill. And now we are joined by Judd Zolgad. Judd, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing outstanding. How are you guys?
2: I'm great. great. How's um, the
0: bumble bust, Judd? In good condition after yesterday?
2: or You know what? I I come here in praise of last night's game. Okay. Last I think uh, last uh, night was the I,
3: favorite game that you've ever covered in your illustrious career. I don't
2: know if it's my favorite, but I was, <laughs> after sitting through four <laughs> hours of hot garbage on Sunday. Warm garbage. It was, just, but it was just not a no, good it game. It was hot garbage. It was terrible. It, it was, was like a bad sunny outside. No, but it was a bad game. That game was awful. But, <laughs> Porcello, Barrios,
1: yeah, amazing.
2: Cy, Cy Young against a future Cy Young. It was. I, I honestly have, as a baseball fan, zero complaints.
1: Yeah, it, it's, even with Blake Parker,
2: Judd, Blake Parker <laughs> giving up a run in the ninth inning. I, you know what? I predicted he would give
3: up three. Judd did sit through the uh, the Jorge Polanco bunt last night. And Al and I was got to take on that. What's up, Al?
1: Yeah, um, so we talk about the Polanco bunt being like
3: a missed opportunity for the Twins, but I thought there was actually another one in that inning where... What was that? I mean, you could could have... uh, So Scope Scope, uh, hits the single to lead off the inning. Mm -hmm. Um, Why doesn't Buxton come in and run?
0: And then, I mean, maybe that play at home is closer with Buxton running instead of Scope, and I'm wondering if that means that we're... And I think Judd Tuck's done this in his column uh, after the game last night, that we could see
3: Buxton heading to the I.L., I, I think that, and thank you for the call, Al. That's probably the reason we didn't see yes. Buxton jump yeah. in and run because if call. he's going to be on the injured list, he's going to be put on retroactively Correct. to what, Friday night? Um, yeah, he, he or got, you can go back he five, played, five days I believe, he played right? on Up Friday. To five days.
2: And the, the first game he set out the past three games now, and the first game he set out was Saturday. But uh, to the caller's point, there was actually a couple cases in which I thought the same thing because Rocco has said that Buxton essentially can run. Mm-hmm. So yeah. on Sunday, there, there were. Well. A couple occasions where he didn't run, so Danny's point is correct. He's they basi- they basically aren't going to play him now because I think he's going to go on that IL. Bad news, good news.
0: If if you think the wrist is so far away, so let's let's play out this conspiracy theory because I think caller Al is actually probably onto something. Let's just play it out and say if he's going to hit the IL, you don't run him yesterday, even though physically he's capable of running and he could probably help. legs aren't hurting. Yeah, it's like Herbie Brooks quote: "Bruise on the legs, a hell of a long way from the heart." Yep. I don't think I'd use that in baseball. It's a little bit different. And Byron wouldn't like that. No.
2: But but Danny's right. But here, here's the positive.
0: This is all done because they they didn't want to play him
2: and screw up that table.
0: Bad news would be you'd be preserving that timeline so you can say, okay, we'll retro this to Saturday and... It's not going to cost him as many games. Good news is, if you're already doing the math, thinking, "Oh, he can be back on this day," so let's not cost him a couple of games by pinch running him here. I would view that as a pretty positive sign for the Twins. If he's going to go on the IL, it's going to be a short one.
3: Yeah, that's probably the that's the right way to look at it. If you want to spin it positively, optimism reigns,
0: baby. Is that
3: it? Is the the thinking he'll be back sooner than later? Yeah, but and even then. I don't know that Buxton running there makes that much of a difference. It's not like it was a sure. close play at home. I don't think that. And yes, no Buxton's still out. Uh, Buxton like is you're a not much beat, faster gonna, runner, yeah, than but you're Jonathan not
0: going to beat Scope, that. Yeah. But
2: I
3: don't think that anyone's beating out that.
2: Yeah, like if, he was out well, by. That's the idea of it. The, though, the only difference you know? is as. Di- Danny observed in the press box last night, and I think that you were correct. Mm-hmm. Scope was supposed to break on contact, and he sort of did, but he sort of didn't. It was like a half
0: contact play. So the qu- right, yeah. so the
2: question becomes, but but Rocco made it very clear that it was a contact play. Yeah. So the only question is, if Buxton's running from third base in that situation, does he break on contact immediately, in which case it is a much closer play. Uh, but if, if this is all going to turn out the way I think it's going to turn out, not using him last night, managerial-wise is the right call.
1: And Brewer, th- Brewer the pitcher for the... Red Sox. He just made a good, a good play, play on that bunt. Yeah. yeah, he when he fielded it and threw it right to home because he knew Scope was coming home. You Give go. him credit. Made, made yeah. a good
3: play. Give him credit. And and like you said, it, it looked like Scope uh, was a little kid at a pool and he just wanted to dip his toes in and wasn't sure if he wanted still, to go for it all the way. And that I don't think that that necessarily cost him, but that's what it looked like.
2: I still want to know why Max Kepler retreated to second base. He that, didn't know. That he, was
0: the darndest. I think he's confused by the situation. Honestly, there's no explanation for that. As a baseball go, player, you just take that base. I saw
2: him go back to third. I'm like, why are you going back to, third, back to second? Why are you going back to second, buddy?
0: Basically, I think cooked. he was trying to get his teammates some help and like maximize the inning, but here's the thing. Your teammate's a dead duck at that point. Yeah. Just scope, scope was cooked. Put him out of his misery, take his bag, now you're at third base in scoring position.
3: All right, Judd, so you missed our spirited discussion on Miguel Sano. Tom and St. Paul's got to take on that, and then we'll get to yours. What's up, Tom?
0: Hey, fellas, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? Good, good. I uh
3: I'm sorry, I'm kinda of in the middle on both you guys on snow. I agree. When a guy strikes out fifty percent of the time, you know, I really wouldn't be afraid to throw to him, but at the same time with a guy with that much raw power, I would give him a little bit more time before I got
2: another prospect for him.
0: You're giving him the season, yeah. right, Tom?
2: Oh, I'd give him the season because
3: you got Nelson Cruz there. He can learn something from him. I mean, there's a lot of talent on that team he can learn from. And uh on the CJ Krohn deal, I mean he's solid
2: and all that, but it might be missing something I just don't see the defense that everybody
3: talks about because I've seen him make some pretty bad errors. So uh that one hopper the other night from uh, Adrianza a couple nights ago. That was a simple play. You know, when you take your eye off the ball, you got
2: less chance of catching it. Sure. So it's, I don't know. it's waned of late. It was very good for an extended period of time. Krohn's defense at first base, to me, was a very pleasant surprise. Sure, Uh, There there has probably been a a week week and a half now where he has made some, or he's struggled a little bit more. He's a plus player there for me. But he has been far better overall than I ever expected at first base. Yeah, he's a plus player.
1: We've seen him bail out Polanco on a few Scoops. At, sure, at first I'm not base. criticizing. Yeah. him. you know, Sano. He's he's built out Sano a couple of times. We saw
0: Adrianza playing first base, and it just looks it's at yeah. a different level. Like Crohn's Crohn's at a next level from Adrianza. And, but I appreciate
1: Crohn's value more so is his bat anyway. Bombas. And his bat his bat has been fantastic. His value
0: year. is Bombus. Yeah. yeah, I
3: mean Crohn's been a an average first baseman by most defensive metrics throughout his career. It's hard to expect more than that. For so, much of the, the start of the year, he had been above average, but I think that he's probably regressing to the type of guy that he actually is at first base. But I do think that it's it's an average,
0: it's something that you can live with. So I like Tom, caller Tom's point about, you're given Sano the season because there's too much there to just give up on. Judd, you and I have talked about this before. Are you at a point where you're so frustrated after this weekend with him and yesterday, are you at a point where you're Frustrated with him, and you want him out of the lineup more routinely? Or are you still giving him the runway of the season to figure out what you got in that play? Um,
2: Boy, I think I know what what, what I've got there. I've got a guy who can't focus, who is defensively, if he gets the ball, can make the throws. But it's becoming harder and harder for him, I think, as the season progresses to get the ball. Off-season trade, to me, is absolutely fine. But, and I told uh, Cunningham this during our cluster fund today, the thing to me is playoff start. Kepler and Wright, Gonzalez at third, so no off the bench. Hmm. I'm not playing him at, I'm not starting him in key playoff games. I can't do it. I, I will always say this and until he proves me wrong and he is not. You can't trust him. Hmm. He's not reliable at the plate. He's not reliable in the field. And when he makes plays, you're like, oh, wow, he made the play. But guess what? Marvin Gonzalez is going to give me a professional game. Nine innings. I know what I'm getting. If he screws up, it's an honest mistake. With Miguel, he might be thinking about if he's going to Manny or Murray's postgame. I can't take that chance. I mean, good food there. I'd be thinking about it. Oh, it's those, fantastic it, food. And I'm thinking the, the same thing, places. but I'm not playing third base. Yeah, that's true. You're only writing twins tidbits, so yeah. you can you <laughs> so can't, if my mind you can't wanders, afford to have your mind wander a little bit. <laughs> if my okay. mind wanders and I get fat, it's just fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, hey. And,
2: and I don't I don't even know with Miguel, I don't even know if he's a good guy. But I have no idea. That doesn't matter to me, it that's not it? doesn't matter. The point of the but the conversation. Fo- but the focus is, and he lacks the focus and it's not improving, and he's lockered by Nelson Cruz, and it's not changing. And I'm sorry, but I think there's a fighting chance it's
0: never going to change. And it's, at some point in time, you just you pull the ripcord. That's Good it. Good news, boys. Twins won't have to make that postseason decision tonight. They will have a couple of months here to figure out what they've got. I Mike just hope we all. get
2: another ball game. Pineda price tonight. Give it oh. to me. I hope we get another ball game.
3: Let's Dial it keep up, it to- big Mike. <laughs> 230,
2: 2.35, two thirty-five, seven innings
0: for both starters. Pace all day, just keep it moving. I can't
3: tell you guys how much fun that was last <laughs> night. I've got no faith in Michael Pineda to keep the ball in the yard the way Porcello and Barrios did. No, last you're night. right. Man. I've we'll got see. no faith in this game going less than. Who's out the bullpen?
2: Tonight it's pretty well rested now. Only Parker had a pitch last night. Taylor Rogers hasn't pitched in a couple days. He it pitched two okay. days. He
0: pitched Friday, Saturday. They but it, is, okay. is
3: that even a good thing? Like is, no, no. I'm is, asking. Does the bullpen being well rested no, matter? No, it doesn't. I'm I'm matter who's Big Mike's out.
0: going eight, and Taylor Rogers going to shut the door on a Twins win to even the series back up with the Bo Sox. The Red Sox are playing really well now. It's a good team. That's a good. team What six over consecutive there. wins? Is that right? And yeah, six in a row. And they are a club that proved to us last year, boys. You get to October and you got a couple relievers you can trust. You're in good shape. They didn't. They didn't have the bullpen that some of the other superpowers had. They won the World Series going away. So that's a good. It's a pretty good model for the Twins. Yeah, be sure to uh, be sure to tune in
3: tonight. Also, be sure to download the Score North app. Find us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever you consume your media. We're there. This has been the Score North Twins Show. Score North Live is next. Let freedom